Hello everyone, welcome back to FCC Online, Pastor Ben here. Glad you're watching this video with us. I am recording from home this week, as you can tell, pictures in the background here. Hope it's my house anyhow, with the family portraits of me and my girls. Uh, having said that, there's a little bit of a disclaimer that I want to issue up front. There's a chance, a um, pretty good chance, that you may hear a dog barking in the background. Um, we're not really for sure. What she barks at uh, from time to time could be a leaf, could be a um, snowflake, could be a bird, could be absolutely nothing at all. The wind just blows in a way that she doesn't like. So if you hear that, that's what's going on out there. You will probably, most definitely, hear traffic going by. Uh, we live fairly close to our road and there are quite a few loud vehicles that travel up and down our road. So. Chances are really good that you're going to hear a vehicle passing by, and maybe it's according to how hungry the people of the household here get, but there could be somebody pop through that door right there. Uh, on their way to the refrigerator, you may hear them, you may see them. I've given instruction that, hey, if you do come out, at least wave to the camera as you go by. Uh, so, you know, real life. That's where we're at right now. Two things before I get into my message. Number one, I want to encourage you to follow along with this message on our website or our church app, fccgrayson.com. If you'll go to the message notes section on there, you can follow along with this. So if you've got this video playing on the TV, then you can have your TV going right here. You can have your Bible setting on one side. You can have your phone, your tablet, your laptop, whatever, setting on the other. And you can follow along with this message as we go. You can make your notes. Uh, then you can send everything. You can export that as a file to your email. That way that you've got it, you can print it out, you can store it away, come back to it. And if you ever want to come back to this message, watch it again, then you can reference the notes at a later time. Also want to make sure to encourage you after I'm done with the message, make sure to stick around. We're going to have a countdown out of the video again this week. And what we do with those countdowns is we put an image on your screen of sermon considerations. Just some questions, some thoughts, some ideas that we may uh, encourage you and want you to ponder as we conclude this message. Some things that we would like to kind of have stirring in your heart and in your mind to take away from this message. So with that, Let's go ahead and get back into our Grow Together series. That's where we've been in the month of January so far this year. We've talked about hope starting here. We've talked about family identity as a church. And we've talked about church discipleship and how all of this promotes and kind of propels us into growth. Or at least how it should propel us into spiritual growth. Because being a part of a church family means that we should be maturing together. We learned that last week, that we need to make sure that our priority as a church family is that we are growing together in our knowledge, our love, and our maturity in our relationship with Jesus Christ. This week, we're going to talk about serving we're going to talk about church service. Now, not the church service that we talk about each and every week that happens at 10.30, 9.30 Bible school, 6 o'clock youth group, 6 o'clock children's church. Not that type of service. We're talking about us serving 
in the kingdom of God first through the lens and the context of our local church family. Now, one of the things that I absolutely love about our faith, about this Christian walk, out of the many things that I truly just genuinely love is the fact that I don't have to be at a certain physical location to live out my faith. Now, I enjoy going to the gym. I love exercising. I love lifting weights. I hate cardio, but hey, that's part of it. So I love doing that. But if I want to truly work out the way that I like to work out with weights, with resistance training, I have to go to a particular location. Like I can't do that here at my house. You know, like I've got, you know, some 10, 15 pound weights and I can lift 15 pounds an easy five times. So, I mean, it's not like it's really a challenge, but I've got to go to a gym to pick up the big dog weights, you know, like the 20 pound dumbbells and try to max out that way. I can't just do that here. I can't go uh, to uh, the store. I can't be out in public. I can't hang out and have a time of fellowship with my friends where I'm doing that and I'm really exercising the way that I need to exercise. I have to go to a specific location. That's a beautiful part about our faith. When we talk about service, when we talk about living out what we believe, there is not a physical limitation set to that. Now, is it important for me to be in the building serving and worshiping and fellowshipping with my church family, my brothers and sisters? Absolutely it is. But it's not limited to that. I can go to the grocery store and still live out my faith and, and serve, serve Jesus Christ in that capacity. I can go to family members' house and serve him. I can go out into public and serve him. I can take this service to the kingdom of God everywhere I go, and we're actually commanded to do that. But I want us to look today at what it means uh, from a passage of Scripture out of 1 Corinthians to serve Christ. Three elements of that. And I've been pushing you know, quite a bit these past couple weeks for everybody to get involved, for everybody to serve. And we're going to continue to push because service in the kingdom of God is not an option. It's not something that we do if we feel like it. It's not something we do if the right opportunity presents itself. It's not something we do if the stars and the planets all align and we have this great hallelujah, light shining down from heaven kind of moment. No, serving is what we're commanded to do, period. So let's look in the book of 1 Corinthians in the New Testament as Paul is writing to the church at Corinth here. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 8 through 11 says, But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord, as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace, that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. As we begin to talk about serving, as we look at maybe some of us, myself included, 
needing to be challenged more and more to serve far more than what I am already. We have to make sure that we recognize three basic principles that I believe that we see in this passage here. And we're going to go ahead and get into those right now. The first thing that we need to recognize in our serving the Lord is that it is His work. It is the Lord's work. And that's what Paul is talking about here as he's writing to the church at Corinth. He makes this statement that, hey, Timothy's on his, his way and he's going to be doing the Lord's work. And that's the same thing that I'm doing. God is the one who determines what we do. It's not us. Because if it becomes us, then it becomes the, only the things that we want to do. Only the things that we see as beneficial. Only the things that we see as comfortable. Only the things that we see as desirable. And our pride gets in the way. If it's not in the way at first, inevitably it will rise to the top and it will show itself in the way that us being glorified. If we are the ones making the determination of what service in the kingdom of God looks like in our lives and our service to him and the body, then inevitably it's going to become things that we can receive glory from because that's what the battle is with our ego, with our pride, with our self-righteousness, that while we may say that we don't want accolades, we may say we don't want praise and we don't want the recognition, deep down inside, we do. That's why we have such a problem with social media is because there is this need to be accepted. There's this need to be liked. But in the kingdom of God, when we serve him, he is the one that makes the determination as to what we need to do in our service to him. So the first thing we have to recognize that it's the Lord's work and going under that point is we have to make sure that we are seeking God for where he wants us to serve. Listen, some of you may need to talk to Kennedy about this because she doesn't listen to me. I tell her each and every week, hey, You've got a spare microphone. If you want to put it on, put it in front of me here on the stage while I'm playing bass, that would be fantastic. That's what we really need to do. Week by week by week, she ignores me and doesn't put that microphone in front of me. And for good reason. She's honestly serving as an advocate for all of you all because I can't sing. Now, I would love to, but I just can't. It's not my gifting. It's not my area. It's not what God's called me to do. It's not an area where he wants me to serve. Now, if he tells me to sing a song, I'll sing a song. I'll make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Never commanded to make a pleasant one. It'll be joyful though. We have to lay down our preconceived ideas of what significant service is in order to do the work that God sets out in front of us. Our definition of significant service and his definition of significant service is usually worlds apart. And if left up to us and our own devices, we're going to serve the things that ultimately will serve us in some kind of capacity. And that's not the definition of serving in the kingdom of God. So understand that I'm pushing you to serve. 
I'm pushing you to get involved. We're going to continue to push you because you don't need to be setting idle. You need to be moving and growing and serving in your faith. But the one thing that you can't allow to happen is for you to sit back and wait on me or any one of the other church leaders to go, this is where you need to be serving. You need to seek God. Ask him. Ask for that revelation from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, where do I need to be serving right now? Because ultimately, it's his work, it's his call, not ours. The second thing that I think that we see in this passage is that God uses a variety of people to serve him. He mentions Timothy. Paul and Timothy, really, if you do a character study, are kind of polar opposites. And if you look at some of the other um, you know, disciples and other apostles and and peers of the Apostle Paul, then you see a wide variety of people and um, personalities and the way that they're wired and their preferences and their little idiosyncrasies. You see all kinds of different things here. So God uses a variety of people. He gifts us differently. He calls us differently, but we're all called to take those gifts and serve him with them. You know, in Corinth, Paul was, he'd, he'd written in chapter three, I believe it was, that they're having this kind of, um, this issue with tribalism, basically, of, of attaching themselves to one particular church leader or someone who's played a significant role in establishing or founding the church at Corinth because some of them say, well, I'm of Paul. Then the other says, well, I'm of Apollos. And then I am of this one. I am of that one. And Paul's like, it doesn't matter. None of us. It's not who we are. It's what we're doing. It's what God is calling us to do. It's not about the name. You know, we talk about all the time in, in sports references, it's not about the name on the back of the jersey, it's about the one on the front. And that's true in the kingdom of God. It's, it's not about who we are. It's about what God is calling us to do and our faithfulness and our obedience to follow through and be committed to serving him faithfully. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. God has given each of you a gift. God has given each of you a gift. That's what Peter says at the beginning of this passage here. It's not that God has given some, or God gives to a few, or God gives to many. God has given each of you a gift. And friends, brothers, sisters, family, here at First Church, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then God has given you a gift. And he doesn't just give us gifts for them to lie there dormant and idle. He gives us gifts so that we can serve others. He blesses us so that we can bless others. Alistair Begg says this, It's not that some are called to Christ and then go on to service. 
But it is that to be called by Christ is to be called to service. So we don't invite some to be the servants and others to be the served, but all of us are called to be servants. It's not just your pastor. It's not just your staff. It's not just the elders. It's not just the deacons. It's not just ministry leads. It's not just those who are mature in their faith and those who have served for a long amount of time. He's called all of us to serve. Service in its very nature is ingrained in a part of our relationship with Jesus Christ. If you are not serving, then your relationship is not healthy. Now, I know that kind of sounds like a bold statement, but think about John 15, where he's talking about the vine and the branches, and he's talking about producing fruit. And if you're connected, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches. If we're not connected properly to the vine, then we're not going to produce fruit. That means that if there is no service, if there's no fruit, if there is no evidence of service in our walk with Jesus Christ, then that shows us that there is a dysfunction and a disconnect in our relationship with him. It's not just about what you say. It's not just about claiming to be a Christ follower. It's not just claiming to call him Savior and Lord. It is about you being fully committed and fully invested in his kingdom, in the church, in his work, serving that with passion. The third thing today, there is no perfect place to serve. There's no perfect place to serve. We see Paul talking about, he's still in Ephesus, where God's opened up an amazing door for him to serve because he has many adversaries. He's sending Timothy to Corinth. And if you look and do a study into what was going on in the city of Corinth at that time, it was absolute chaos. It was a port city, much like the city of Ephesus was back in that time. There's all types of pagan rituals. There's all types of sin. There's all types of debauchery. There's all types of this behavior And not just behavior from a sin standpoint. I'm talking about there is no perfect place to serve from the way that you're received. If you look at the journeys of Paul, Paul's life was in danger just about all the time. And I know that that's not the greatest sales pitch to get you to serve. But guess what? I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm telling you what the Word of God says. In Ephesus, Paul the, the, the vendors, you know, the, the temple of Artemis, the temple of Diana, the goddess of fertility and sexuality, that was the main draw at Ephesus. It was a huge trade port and there was all types. It was a cultural mixing and just kind of like this melting pot of all types of races, ethnicities, beliefs, values, morals. Take it all together, throw it in a big pot, stir it around, and you've got the city of Ephesus. And this temple 
to this goddess of fertility, Artemis, was the main attraction. Prostitution running rampant. And there were vendors there that made their, their living, their very livelihood depended on these materials, these, these goods that they made and that they sold. And it was to the people who were visiting this temple. And it was uh, the jewelry, these collectibles, these you know, these idol type things to Artemis. And Paul's making such a difference, and the church, the early church, is making such a difference there that the vendors actually get together and they start talking about how much of a disruption this is causing in their business, and they're saying, "Listen, we got to do something about this." You see, there's not a perfect place for us to serve. There's not going to be a place where everybody's going to welcome you with open arms and say, oh, you're here to tell us about Jesus? Oh, come on in. Yes, please tell me how bad my sin is. Tell me how, how bad I'm living. Tell me how wrong my flesh leads me. Tell me how bad sin ultimately is. My, please, I've been waiting to hear this my whole life. Oh, friends. No, that's just not how it works. People don't like to hear about areas of their life where they're wrong. Think about it, fam. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not mean to just say fam, but you know me. I'm always the guy that's hip and current on the pop culture stuff. Why did I just say that? Okay, hear me, family. Family suits me much better. You will meet resistance, no doubt about it. And the more that you serve, the more passionate you are about it, the more zeal you have for it, the more you go after it, the more risks you take in order to serve and share Jesus Christ, the more resistance that you're going to meet. That's what we see in Scripture. And I would love to tell you this big, fluffy, fairy tale story that you're going to be able to go after it with no reservations, with no hindrances, with no pushback whatsoever, but that's just simply not the case. People will persecute you. They will mock you. They will despise you. They will not always like you. But we're called to proclaim the truth and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that was one of the personal discipleship things that we looked at last week. Remember that the definition of uh, you know, a growing disciple, what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ, is that you're growing in your knowledge and your love for Jesus Christ, that you don't seek any glory for yourself, that you seek to glorify him alone, and that you completely and totally stay true unwavering to the gospel, the true, pure, good news gospel of Jesus Christ. And when you do that, that means the work, the, the results are up to him. It's not up to you. And that should be a really big relief for us. That should be something that really, truly encourages us. So remember, to serve him, serving is his, it's his. It's, it's the Lord's work. It's him who determines. It's also one of those things that there is a variety of people in the service. And just because someone does things differently than you, or looks differently than you, or acts differently than you, or talks differently than you, does not mean that they're not doing the Lord's work. And thirdly, there's no perfect place to serve.
So let me give you this little practical challenge here. And I'm specifically talking to the first church family here in Grayson, Kentucky. It is time that we truly strive through the power of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and through the grace and the mercy of God. It's time for us to truly strive for intergenerational service and discipleship. What am I talking about? It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. You are called to serve. You don't retire from service. You don't retire from the ministry. You don't retire from doing things for God. You've not paid your dues and now it's time to sit back and let somebody else do it. So if I'm speaking to the generation a little bit older than me, you're not retired from the service. You're not retired from the ministry. You've not paid your dues. You, we, don't, we don't ever sit back and say, okay, I'm done working from God, for God. I'm just waiting on heaven. Now, your service may look different. It may take on a different form. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But we're never done serving. And if I'm going to be speaking to generations, let me speak directly to my generation. You know, those of us that are absolutely in the prime of our life. Listen, that's, that's kind of what some people tell me. I don't feel it, but we'll go with it. Listen, it's not our show right now. Okay, We don't need to have this mentality that, oh, we've been waiting for years. It's our time. Now we get to do what we want to do. We want to do things this way. We've seen it done this way. We don't like it. It's time for us to rise up to do this thing, and it's our show now. No. False. Younger generations than me, you need to be serving, you need to be working, and you need to be doing more than sitting back complaining about what's happening in the churches right now and talking about how it's going to change when you get the chance to change something. Now is the time for you to be serving alongside. And listen, if any of the generations are walking into this like we've got this figured out, that it's our show, that we're the ones that know the best, then we are going into it with wrong motives, with bad hearts, and we are not truly following God. If we look at the Old Testament, we see priests, older priests instructing younger priests. We see the concept of mentoring from intergenerational, this pouring out of wisdom into the youth, into the vitality, and the vitality serving and coming alongside. Folks, it's time for us to hang up what our preferences are. And I'm not saying that all of your preferences are wrong, so don't take that from that statement. But it's time that we be willing to hang our preferences up and say, God, this is your show. This is all about you. His glory, his kingdom is far more important than my preferences, than what I want, what I desire, what I like. Now, there's some of the things that you like that God still is using, that it's still good. There's some of the things that I like that God's still using. It's still bringing him glory. There's some of the things that I don't like that God uses and gives him glory. We have to make it the church. That's why it's so important for us to keep our focus on Jesus Christ. So seek after him today. Ask him. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, where do I need to be serving? Contact us. Let us know. We can be praying with you about that. We can be helping you to walk into that. But ultimately, it's God. 
in his presence, in his spirit that shows you, that tells you, that leads you into that calling.